You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at weddingtonchurch.org. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. We'll begin at verse 1. Matthew chapter 20, beginning at verse 1, where Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual day's wage, he sent them into his vineyard. And when he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers, give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only an hour. You've made them equal to us who've borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them saying, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first first will be last. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege now of studying it together. God, as I stand before these, your people, this is is your church. So I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I confess to you, this is not my favorite parable. As a matter of fact, I tend to agree with the early morning people a lot of times when I read it going, you know, if I worked all day long and somebody else works just an hour or so and they get paid the same, I'm not really sure I would be happy about it either. So if you just read it, you go, I think I'm just going to skip and go over to some other parable or something. (laughs) Can you imagine if an employer tried this today as well, what that would be like? 
Can you imagine if you hired somebody at 6 o'clock in the morning, somebody else at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and they all got paid the same, the picket lines that you would see out in front of your place? You know, the strikes that would be going on. Social media would be just tearing it up. You know, the people who write about other people's lives instead of living their own, they would be just tearing it up. There would be all kinds of calls to boycotts, legal action, social justice issues. This would just be a mess. The union would have a field day. Even the preacher's union would have problems with this. You know, we preachers who've been doing this for a while, we should have a little higher steeple than those young people just getting out of seminary. Um, It's not my favorite parable. Maybe we skip it. Unless, of course, it's not really about the economy. You know, there are times that I preach sermons that you just know they're not really going well. You should stand here sometimes when you're halfway through a sermon going, this sounded a whole lot better when I was writing it than it does right now. You kind of break out a little bit of a sweat. You feel it going down your back and you're going, God, do I really have to shake these people's hands at the end of this service? Because it puts the congregation and the preacher in a bad situation because you're going to come out and want to go, that was a good sermon, and we both know it wasn't. (laughs) Maybe this wasn't one of Jesus' better parables. I mean, I love the one that he told about the Good Samaritan. I mean, he knocked that one out of the park, didn't he? I mean, that's awesome. This one, it's a hard one. It makes us work at it a little bit. It's funny because I buy books on parables and Bible studies and things like that to try to get help with parables like this. And I I, I pulled one out this week thinking, you know, now I want to see what this person has to say about this parable. And they skipped it. Why can't we? Now, a parable, to remind us, is a two-level story. A parable is a basic story. And then underneath it, underneath it, is a deeper message. Underneath it is a message that Jesus really wants us to hear. Now, the problem with a parable is if you push a parable too far, even that beautiful Good Samaritan one, if you try to overanalyze it, it'll fall apart because that wasn't what it was designed to do. It was, here's a simple story, here's a deeper message. It's kind of like if I shared... um, There was once a guy who was going down a road. It was late at night, very dark, and tired from the end of the day, and all of a sudden a curve came upon him that he wasn't expecting. You know, you start telling a parable like that, and you can tear it apart when you start going, now, help me understand this. Was he driving a sports car, or was he driving an SUV? Because, you know, a sports car, you can take a curve pretty fast. Like a Corvette, they're designed to handle that curve. So a person sees a a curve coming up like that, and you drive a Corvette, you go, thanks be to God, that's what I bought this car for. But if you drive in a Jeep, it'll tell you right there on the visor. You look at the sun visor, it said, I'll roll over on you if you go too fast. (laughs) I think you tell a parable like that and Jesus starts going, just never mind. You know, because we can overanalyze a parable and it starts falling apart. And sometimes we have a tendency to do that. So what's the context of this parable? What do you think Jesus is really saying here? Well, if you, if you back up just a little bit in chapter 19, you will see that there was this young, rich ruler who comes up to Jesus one day, and he said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And 
and they start having this conversation about keeping the commandments. And the young guy goes, this is awesome because I've been keeping those since I was a kid. And Jesus said, yeah, but for you, there's probably one thing missing. You should go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. He leaves very sad and disappointed because, well, he was wealthy and he didn't want to give up everything. And he's all down in the dumps. But then Peter Peter's will starts spinning. Don't you love Peter? I love Peter. He's my favorite disciple because you can just tell he had been thinking about this hard and he comes up to Jesus and he goes, hey, I heard what you said to that guy. And, you know, we left everything. We gave it all up to follow you. What do we get? And Jesus, I think, does the holy eye roll. <laughs> and then he tells this parable. He says, well, there was this landowner, a very wealthy guy, and early in the morning, he goes out to find laborers. Now, some of you have seen cultures, you've been to places where, uh, when we've done mission trips and other things, where at a marketplace or some gathering, workers will come and, and they gather there hoping and praying that somebody will come and hire them for the day. You might just imagine what that's like, you know, that they go there and, and they pray that some farmer with a field or a vineyard or somebody who has a business, somebody in construction or something might come by and go, I need five people that are willing to work today. Yes, I have a job. I get to feed my family today because when you were poor, especially in biblical times, life was precarious. You literally needed every dime you could make to make ends meet, just to be able to put food on the table, to be able to provide. These people have families and loved ones. They want to provide just like everybody else does. And, and so they go out and they, they get together, hoping that somebody's going to come six o'clock in the morning, early in the morning. This landowner, he goes out and he sees people there in the marketplace looking for work. And, and he says to them, if you'll come to work for me, I'll give you a day's wages, the normal day's wage. And they agree, and they go into the vineyard. Awesome. About 9 o'clock, he goes back out to the marketplace, and he sees more people out there now. And it just kind of tells you the need's pretty great. There were a lot of people struggling to survive. And, and he says to them, if you'll work for me, if you'll go into the vineyard and, and, and work, I will take care of you. I'll do whatever's right. And, and notice they don't set a price. There's no agreement on, well, you know, a fourth of the day's gone. So I'm going to give you three quarters of, there's none of that. We'll just, we'll, we'll handle it. We'll settle up. We'll do what's right. And they go. They go to the vineyard. We're told at noon, he goes back to the marketplace again. There's people that are standing there looking for work. And he goes, if you want to work for me, go into the vineyard. I'll take care of you. Three o'clock in the afternoon. He goes back and there's more people there in the marketplace. If you want to work, go into the vineyard. Love to have you to be part of it. Go into the vineyard. We'll do what's right. Five o'clock. Five o'clock in the afternoon. There's only an hour to go. The day ends, the workday ends around six o'clock. There's only about a, an hour left. He goes and there's people standing there. Now this time there's a dialogue that occurs that's really important that you listen to it because it's five o'clock and the landowner looks at him and goes, why are you all still standing here? And a very important statement is made and that is because no one would hire us. You need to hear that. It's not because we're lazy, not because we weren't out here earlier, but no one would hire us. 
In other words, these are the, how do we say, undesirables? Maybe. These are the people that everybody else looks over. I'll take uh, you and you and I'll take you, but no one looked here. And they got passed over. They have family too. They have needs too. They get hungry too. They need a place to live too, but nobody ever would, nobody would hire us. Maybe they were older, probably not going to get my money's worth out of them, not going to hire them. Maybe they were disabled. Maybe they had other issues. Who knows? Nobody would hire us. But not this guy. He goes, I'll hire you. I'll hire you. If you want to work in my vineyard, go into my vineyard. And they go into the vineyard and they work for about an hour. Now it's the end of the day. It's about, it's about six o'clock. It's time to, to settle things up. And, and so, you know, they, they come up. And by law, if you hired a day laborer, if you hired the poor, you had to pay them at the end of every day. You couldn't wait till, you know, I'll pay you on Friday. Couldn't do that, you know. Or now we, we pay you at the end of the week, but since you're new, we do a week back pay. None of that stuff either. You had to pay at the end of the day. Why? Well, it's actually a law in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 15 puts it this way, you shall pay them their wages daily before sunset because they are poor and their livelihood depends on them. Otherwise, they may cry out to the Lord against you and you will incur guilt. I mean, the reason you have to pay them before sunset is because they're poor. And they need to be able on their way home to stop for bread. They need to be able to come home and show their family we get to eat tonight. They need their money and they need it today to be able to survive today. It's a challenging parable when you read it. Um, and you can just imagine then at this point, uh, the people at five o'clock, they come up and, and, and they're expecting, I mean, they've only worked an hour. They're, they're probably not expecting much, just a few cents, but at least it'll be something. And instead, I mean, these people that nobody else would hire, they hold out their hands, they get an entire day's wages. Wow, paid me for the whole day. When nobody else would hire us, this guy paid us for the whole day. Can you imagine what they were like when they went home? Honey, you will not believe what happened today. We were out there in the marketplace, and once again, they would pick everybody else but us. But this guy hired us and paid us for the whole day. Look, bread. You can just imagine what it was like. Well, same thing happened then with the three o'clock people. They, pay, they came up, they got paid for the day. And the 12 o'clock people, they got paid for the day. And same way with the nine o'clock people. I mean, it all worked down to where, you know, the people who started at six o'clock in the morning going, this is going to be a great day because if they got paid a whole day's wages, I can't wait to see what I get paid. They hold out their hand, they get paid a whole day's wages. And they are angry. How dare you? I can't believe you're doing this. This is so unfair. And, and, and these other people, they, they get hired in, late in the afternoon. And the five o'clockers, the sun was already coming down. And, and, and we've been out in the heat all day, working for you all day. And, and we get paid the same. That just, that just isn't fair. And the landowner looks at him and he goes, I don't understand. I didn't cheat you. 
I mean, we agreed, did we not, this morning that if you would work for me today, I would pay you a full day's wages. And I'm paying you a full day's wages. Paying you exactly what we agreed to. And actually, if you look at the Greek, it implies that we negotiated on, we bargained with, that we settled on. I mean, we agreed to this, right? How is that unfair? I mean, can I not be generous with the things that are mine? And then he he actually asked a question. This is the crux. Are you envious because I am generous? Are you envious because I am generous? Now, what we may miss there a little bit when we read that is the Greek word there is paneros, which actually means, do you have an evil eye? Envious doesn't really cut it. Are you evil? Are you just seeing? If you, if you actually pull the Greek and the Hebrew and start digging into it, it's like, are you resentful? Because somebody else gets to go home and eat too? Are, are, you, are you so vicious and malice and malicious that, that rather than being thrilled that your neighbor, the people that you are standing with all day, that, that these people, they get to go home and have bread for their families too. Are, are you so angry that, that you didn't get more, that you can't celebrate, that thank God all of us tonight are blessed? All of us are good? Are you envious because I am generous? Now that Greek word is agathos, and what it actually means is because I'm generous, because I'm kind, because I'm honorable, because I'm a good person. Are you really angry at me because I was trying to be a good person and to be kind and generous to somebody else? Now, what happens is, is that turns it because the parable actually says this may be more about us than it was the landowner. It may be more about how we respond to that, that if my neighbor gets this, I should have more because why work harder than my neighbor? Instead of being grateful that we are all blessed today. Now, you can kill this parable. Some people try it. I mean, when you read some of the commentaries, and just let me share with you, that just because somebody wrote something and published it does not make it brilliant. Because, you know, there, there are some people who want to, you know, to, to try to go, so here's what happened. The six o'clock people, they represent Israel. The nine o'clock people, they represent the Pharisees. The noon people, that's the disciples. And you start trying to put people in categories. And it's great when we do that because if I can make this parable about somebody else, I don't have to deal with it. Did you notice that? I mean, that's a game that we play. If I can make this parable about somebody else, I don't have to deal with my stuff. Look what Jesus told them. Instead of look what Jesus is telling us. Somebody else is amazing. I I was reading the commentaries and sometimes you just shake your head because one of them said, you know, for this landowner to be wealthy, that probably meant he, he, he probably took advantage of all those people anyway. That might've been their land to start with before he took over it. And so now he's hiring them to work their own land. And if he was so generous, why did he only offer them a denarius instead of more money than that? Don't go telling me he's generous. He probably took their land out from them anyway because that's how the wealthy get their wealth. And you just want to go, seriously, dude, that's not what this parable was about. 
I think Jesus goes, never mind. What are the clues? Well, Jesus starts out and goes, the kingdom of heaven is like this. This is spiritual. This is about the kingdom of heaven. So this is not meant to be just some economic statement. This is a This is about the kingdom of heaven. This is what God's kingdom, the kingdom of God is like this. It's like a landowner. This is a God thing who has this incredible vineyard. And when you read throughout the Bible, vineyard is often reminding us of the kingdom of God, being part of the house of God and being part of what God is doing. There's even scripture, the harvest is plentiful, the labors are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest. I mean, it's reminding us to to bring people into God's kingdom, God's vineyard. And the laborers are all those who are called by God to be part of this ministry and mission that God has put there. And, And the challenging thing about this is, is remember, Peter was going, what do we get out of this? And, and, and Jesus is saying it's not so much about what you get out of it because you will be taken care of. It's about making sure that everybody is cared for here. I mean, it's, it's about can you, can you be happy that your neighbor has received Jesus Christ even if they do it in the last hour? David Buttrick, who is a biblical scholar, he was a preaching professor, homiletics professor at Vanderbilt Divinity School. And he he asked this question, he goes, is God going to show some skid road drunk who's never cracked a Bible the same reward being reserved for Dr. Billy Graham? And the answer is, yeah. And actually, if you ever read much about Billy Graham, I think Billy Graham would be the one going, I spent my entire life in ministry trying to get that guy in the vineyard. I spent my whole life trying to help him become part of the vineyard. Come over here, sit with me. I think that's what Billy Graham would say. Because... It's not about, I can't believe you made it here. I've been a Christian all my life, and right before you died, you became one. Remember remember when Jesus was dying on the cross? Remember that story? Remember when Jesus was dying on the cross, there were two people on crosses beside of him, one on each side? Remember the story how one of them just kept deriding Jesus? I mean, everybody around him was mocking Jesus and making fun of him. And, and so this one guy, he's like, if you really are the son of God, you know, come off that cross and bring us down from here too. And, and he's giving Jesus the hardest time. And the other guy on the other side looks over and says, are you a nut? Are you crazy? Do you not know who this is beside of us? I mean, we're dying on these crosses because of what we did. Do you not know who this is? And then he looks at Jesus. It's a powerful moment. Don't you love this moment? He looks at Jesus and he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember what Jesus said to him? Today, today you will be with me in paradise. You know what that means? He was a five o'clocker. Just before the end of the day, he got into the vineyard. Thanks be to God. The cultural background study Bible, the commentator there said, we have to remember, grace is not fair. It's generous. Grace is not fair. It's generous. 
that God is gracious to bless all who serve him. See, here's the good news of this parable. It's about a God who kept going to the marketplace hour after hour, looking to see if there was anyone else that he could bring into the vineyard. Don't you love that? I mean, he had workers at six, he goes back out at nine. He has workers at nine, he goes back out at noon. He has workers at noon, he goes back out at three. And even though there was only an hour left in the day, he goes back out because there might just be someone that I can get into the vineyard. And thank God, I'm one of those someones that gets invited into the vineyard. And Jesus says the challenging thing is to celebrate that everyone gets in the vineyard rather than how long have you been in. I'm reminded in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, when the question was asked, why is Jesus taking so long to return? And the answer is, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance wanting all to get into the vineyard. You know what? I actually like this parable a lot. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for being the kind of God that never gives up. You go out at 6 a.m., you invite us into the vineyard. You go out at 9, and there's still others that you desire in the vineyard. You go out at noon, you go out at 3, you go out even at 5. You even look for the undesirables, the ones that the rest of the world tends to look over. You, you don't look over anyone. You don't look over anybody. You desire everyone who is willing to come into your vineyard to come and be blessed. And God, help us as your church to have that same spirit that we just want people in your vineyard. And we're not going to be upset that someone gets in at three or that someone gets in at five. Just thanks be to God by your amazing grace. They got in the vineyard. And their families are now blessed. In the precious name of Jesus the Christ. Amen.